So good morning, everyone. Such a beautiful morning with sun and snow and wind. And I have a lot of things up here. (laughs) So I'm going to offer some announcements and then address some of these questions. And then we'll move into a teaching on mindfulness of emotions and awareness. So just a couple of announcements about today. You might have noticed that we posted some individual sign-ups for you. And we're really sorry there wasn't enough for everyone. This is one of the fallbacks of the length of this retreat is that we don't have another day to see everyone. So thank you for your understanding. And we were sort of laughing like, it just means you have to come back on retreat for a longer one if you have more questions. And those slots are really for folks who are struggling or really need uh, this kind of practice support. So thank you for your understanding around that limitation. Uh, Please come to the 2.30 sit today. We'll be offering some important teachings and announcements at that time. So please make sure you come to the hall at 2.30. There's been a lot of questions about recommended readings and poems and the resources. And I can say that we have been recording all of the teaching sessions so that you'll have access to those when you go home. And so you'll have all of the poems and teachings and stories that you can re-listen to. And I posted some on the board this morning also, so you'll have those. And also we have put together a reading list for you that will be posted at the end of the retreat. So all kinds of wonderful books based on what we've been offering here. Did you know that today is the last full day? It's Friday. (laughs) Sometimes we get lost in time and space. But even though it's the last full day, stay here. Stay here. Your mind will want to go into tomorrow. But see as much as you can really to honor the momentum that you've grown here. There's been a lot of effort to build up your mindfulness. And it's very easy to just think all about home today. But see how you can really stay here in the practice, in the body. This is a really important part of the retreat, and there's so much momentum you've built, so give yourself to that. Do the schedule, do your sitting, do your walking, give yourself to it. End will come before you know it. And also just to reassure you, tomorrow we'll be giving lots of teachings on how to take the practice home and thinking about practicing at home. So if you have questions like those, just also know that we'll be addressing those tomorrow. So I wanted to read some of these questions, really good practice questions here. Thoughts on changing an anchor during a sit. For example, a strong bodily sensation arises and it seems strange to ignore it. But switching a lot also seems antithetical to developing a more disciplined mind. This is a great question. And so this depends on whether we're in the samadhi pocket (coughs) or the vipassana pocket of practice. And there was also a question about what is samadhi, this word we're using. 
So it's often translated as concentration. But I like gathering better. Because samadhi doesn't feel tight or rigid like concentration. It feels just gathered. It feels unified. There's a kind of fullness to the body-mind with samadhi. So it's a deepening of your steadiness and your stability. And that is what allows us to then look with wisdom at the three characteristics, at the process of things, to understand reality. So if you're in the samadhi pocket, the practice instructions are to choose one anchor for the whole session, maybe for the whole day, and you just keep coming back to the anchor. And you feel a strong physical sensation, you go back to the anchor. And you have an emotion, you go back to the anchor, because you're building your stability. But if you're in the Vipassana pocket, like we are today, today is a wisdom day, you already have some steadiness in your mind, then the instructions change. And they say, really lovely to have your anchor be your body, breath, or sound. But if you have a strong physical sensation, take your attention there and explore it. Feel its impermanency. Feel how it's unpleasant Vedana. Use just a little light interest, not digging, but a very gentle interest. What is the nature of this? How's my mind responding to it? And similarly with emotions, which we'll do today, we want to use those, just like thoughts, you can use those as a way to... They're your object of mindfulness. So you're growing your mindfulness as you're feeling your emotion and you're learning. So such a good meditation object because there's so much potential for insight and learning when we're using thoughts and emotions as our anchor. The only... uh, pitfall or potential danger in this is that you'll get swept away. So we want to always kind of have this barometer, this checking. Am I still mindful? Can I stay steady with this? Or is this a little bit too big of a rapid and I need to go back to my primary anchor? So that's wisdom to mind to discern and that's for you to know. So yeah, the samadhi question, hopefully that answered that. This is an interesting question. Why are minerals included in the list of beings we're not harming in the refuges chant? Maybe you notice that the first precept says we're going to protect all kinds of beings, animals, plants, minerals. I love this translation of the first precept. It's really about walking uh, with an honoring of our interdependence, even with the earth. So living in a non-harming way with this value of gentleness and protection means that we're treating the earth this way too. Mountains and rivers and trees and animals that are vowed to live in an alignment with peace and protection applies to the environment as well. Then there were several questions about energy and sleep, which I just want to spend a minute on because it's been a large part of my practice. If you can't sleep, it's okay. And it's sort of ironic. Sometimes you use meditation to sleep, right? There's all these apps that are like, do a body scan for sleep, meditation for sleep, you know? So that's one way that meditation can help you calm your mind. It's true. But the other side of meditation is that it's about being awake, And so some of us have noticed the more we meditate, the harder it is actually to fall asleep. The mind is like, bing, you're awake. Because you've been practicing that all day. So if your sleep has been disrupted here, 
if you're, I know someone was saying I was awake all night. This is really normal, typical. Maybe you've had vivid dreams. Dream life can change on retreat. So just to rest assured, this is part of it. Even like very violent dreams can come as our minds settle. And there can be a lot of kind of disruption in the energy. So another question about like the energy swings throughout the day. And I was telling some groups this, this is an energetic practice. And as samadhi grows, our energy body changes. In some ways, we're clearing out the channels. And so you might have big waves of heat running through your body. Or you might feel cold, or you might feel light. One yogi came in and reported to Joseph, I just, I floated off my cushion. (laughs) You can feel this in your body. You might feel your body really big energetically, or very small, or a lot of like tingling, sparkling kind of energy. Andrea might talk about this later. So energy is part of the practice, and just not to worry if you're feeling these big swings. We do slow walking to help smooth out that energy. Very useful. Slow walking, qigong, tai chi, slow yoga, not vinyasa, but a very gentle kind of yoga. All of that will help the energetic process, will support what you're doing here on the cushion. So to know this is part of it, you might have a headache, you might have stuck places in your channels. So we just keep practicing. You can trust that this is a clearing out. It's clearing out the body. And in some ways, it can feel very healing, actually, as we continue on. Smoothing out the energy. Okay, this is my favorite question. What is awakening? Would I know if it happened to me? Are you awakened? Is it a physical sensation? I love this question. I asked the same question in my first long retreat with Joseph. He was laughing. He's like, not awakened yet. Speak for myself, I'm not there yet either. But I do have a sense of what it might be. And I think we were talking about this in a group. It's really for each of us to discover on our own. I think each of our awakenings might feel different. For some of us, it feels like deep uh, release, relinquishment, peace. For some, it might feel like uh, emptiness, spaciousness. For others, it might feel like this deep sense of belonging, connection. You can see how I'm using a lot of feeling words, because I think it is in the body. I think there can be a felt sense in the body of this. It's also in the heart and the mind. Some of us, we often say, is simply the path of non-clinging. can feel like love. But I think it's not what we expect it to be. And that's a little bit part of the mystery and maybe part of, for me, what sparks my devotion is like, I don't really know. I just said, you know, practicing for 30 years and every day discovering new ways to be mindful, new facets of what it really is to be awake. And I think this is very onward leading. This keeps us going. What is it? What is it in this moment? Like not a future enlightenment or awakening, but what if it's possible right here in this moment? This is true, actually. Freedom only ever happens in this moment. So that's why we really want to be awake to it and, and hold the question very close. 
Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So just a couple words about emotions, mindfulness of emotions, a really important part of our practice. We have emotions. And first, just to say also, some of us feel a lot, and some of us feel less. And we can make, we find ways to make either way wrong. Oh, I'm feeling too many emotions on retreat, I'm not doing well. Or we, I'm not feeling enough emotions. Other people seem to be like really in it, but I'm not feeling anything, maybe I'm doing it wrong. So don't make yourself wrong. I'm going to say some about practicing with the emotions, but some of us are just less feeling types, and that's really fine. If you are feeling emotions, moods, these can even be very subtle kind of moods or mind states, then the practice instructions are really very simple. Recognize what you're feeling. Sometimes just naming it can be a relief because we have a certain kind of agitation. We don't really know what it is. If we spend just a moment thinking, okay, what is this agitation? Oh, it's fear about going home. That's what this is. Or, oh, it's like this feeling of embarrassment about something just happened in the dining hall. Sometimes there can be, even that creates some spaciousness around what we're feeling. So we want to name it, recognize what's happening, and then really allowing so many of the emotions, like Bruni has been talking about, she's really transmitting attitude, right? Whatever attitude we have, often we make our emotions bad. I'm not supposed to feel grief, not supposed to feel angry. So how can I hold this with a lot of space? Allowing, allowing is very, very important. And there was a beautiful question a few days ago that said, I'm feeling a lot. I know a lot of grief, right? And sometimes the emotions are too big to even hold in the body. And this can happen. This is true. I would say yes. And awareness has a lot of room for emotions. There's room for everything in awareness. So you can play with that. Another caveat is that if the emotion is really big, we don't actually want to dive in completely with it because it can very much overwhelm and flood our system. So there's another discernment. It's like if this emotion is something I can allow, I'm going to make a lot of space for it. But if we feel like it's like, this has a deep root and it's kind of like a hydra and it's really, really big, then what we want to do is what's called pendulating and titrating. These are words from somatic experiencing. Pendulation is simply touching briefly in and then toggling back to your anchor. Touching briefly in, especially if it's a difficult emotion, and then toggle back to the body or breath or sound. Pendulation. And then titration is very similar. Titration just means small bites. Small bites. So really like just the tip of the iceberg of the emotion, we work with that. Just working with that, knowing we don't have to go deep, deep, deep. That just the edge is enough. Very gentle kind of touching it, feeling it in the body. So you want to discern, okay, is this emotion something I can recognize, allow, and then investigate? have some interest, where is this emotion in the body? Is there an underlying belief to this emotion? What else is asking for my attention? 
So not too much thinking, just gentle interest. And then holding it all with a lot of compassion, a lot of care, a lot of care. So you might recognize that this is a particular teaching called RAIN, very popular now. Tara Brock popularized it. It originated with Michelle McDonald. So you can remember this with, with the acronym RAIN, recognize, allow, interest, and then either nourish for N, nourish, nurture, that's the compassion, or sometimes the N is non-identification. That's the wisdom aspect. So can we see that these are emotions? They're not personal. They're not personal to us. If you're feeling an emotion that has a name, it means that other people have felt it. And in some ways, they're like passing like storms, right? It's like nature. They just run right through us. And they are impermanent. They do come and go. And from this not-self perspective, it's really just causes and conditions, right? Empty phenomena rolling along. So if we can kind of create space, see that impersonal quality, sometimes it can help us really work with the emotion with more allowing, with more curiosity. Okay. So I think what we'll do this morning is I'll guide a meditation on rain. We'll work with, if you don't feel an emotion this morning, you're really fine. You can stay with the body. But you can do this often with a positive emotion also. Doing rain for positive emotions is really powerful. So if you're feeling good, we want to work with that. Also, even a subtle mind state or subtle mood, you can do this. And then at the end of the meditation, we'll move more into a kind of awareness practice because we're really at that point in the retreat. If we had a couple more days... We could go more into this. But there were some questions about this awareness. So it's important also with any practice, but emotions in particular, I find at the end, having a bigger sense of what's holding it, what is the awareness that can know all this humanness, can also be a really sweet refuge for whatever is coming up. We'll do a little bit of awareness practice at the end. Okay, so finding your posture and really tuning into what might be the most stable and supported posture just now in this moment. And as we settle in, maybe taking a few deeper breaths way down into your abdomen. Just letting your exhale really ground you, regulate you. Yeah, good. Let yourself arrive. And maybe tuning into the places where your body is touching the cushion or the chair. Just feeling the steadiness of the earth beneath you and how the body also has a kind of steadiness. A rootedness, a groundedness.
letting the breath be natural, just let the body be natural, and we'll spend a couple of minutes here just with your anchor, whatever you've been using, body, breath, sound, letting your mindfulness rest in this chosen anchor, and perhaps feeling the continuity that we've built, this might not be perfectly steady, but just this sense of attention, attending to the body, the breath, or sounds. Feeling the mindfulness right here, just now. turn to the landscape of emotions. It can help sometimes to place your attention in your heart area. And of course, you're very welcome to just let the words roll on if you're feeling contented with body, breath, or sound. But if you do have a particular emotion or mood 
that's present for you just now. You don't need to go searching or digging for one. Just noticing how's the heart right now and is there something, a particular sense of sorrow or agitation, fear, joy, gratitude, or even just a kind of subtle fatigue or a subtle kind of excitement, really noticing whatever is here. And can we recognize, does this particular emotion, mood, mind state have a, does it have a name? And taking some time here to be accurate with recognizing your emotion. This could, it could just be peace. It also could be numbness. Or a feeling of being frozen. These are also emotions. So let yourself be just as you are and see if you can name what's here. Notice how the body might respond when you recognize your emotion. Is there a slight sense of resting or accepting? Sometimes even there's a subtle kind of resistance to noticing what we're feeling. So there can be relief when we recognize, yeah, okay, this is anger. This is grief. And staying wise here, if this is a really big emotion that you feel like will probably take you over, then go slow and do this titration, pendulation, knowing you don't have to really dive deep. But we'll move into allowing, see how it is, if there is a kind of spaciousness for allowing it to be just as it is. If it needs to take up space, let it take up space. In allowing, we might notice layers of judgment, resistance, or shame about whatever we're feeling. But here, what we're doing is simply bare bones, knowing this emotion, 
and letting it be as it is. No problem. Sometimes we are practicing with the subtle agenda like, okay, if I allow you, maybe you'll go away. Notice that, and is there this deep kind of unconditional, it's really okay, you're okay, I'm here, right here with you. This anger, this rage, this boredom, this numbness, no problem, we're here together. Just letting you be just as you are. If it's peace or contentment or joy, see how it is to really allow all of this grace in your system. Let it be. So for me, allowing is the most important part. And if this feels like enough, you could just do allowing for the rest of the practice. To see if you can really relax with whatever's here. Let it be just as it is. Nothing to fix, nothing to control. a quiet curiosity as we allow we make allowing be primary but see if there's just a quiet interest if there's anything else to notice about this emotion what else is asking for my attention here does it feel in the body? Sometimes when I ask this, it's interesting if there's anything else that needs your attention. Even if I'm with a really difficult emotion, there can be alongside it, like, oh, but there's also this caring about it. Oh, there's also a kind of resiliency that's here. Just at the same time as I feel sad. see just very gently if there's anything else to know but mostly we want to just rest here 
allowing it to be as it is. step of nourish see as we're holding and investigating is there already a sense of care I care about this and tap into there's already natural kindness and compassion in allowing and attending to this heart So just resting into this trust that your heart can hold it. There's this capacity for responding, caring. Really sensing into this nurturing quality of the practice. I care, I care about this.
And then even as we're holding this with a lot of care and compassion, see if there is also this impersonal feeling like, oh, it's just an emotion. It's not me or mine. Just passing phenomenon, right? Just nature. It's part of the human experience to feel all of this sadness, fear, joy, gratitude. Just part of being a human being. And maybe notice how this wisdom reflection might change your experience. Just an emotion, a mood. Of course, it has causes and conditions. There might be thoughts or memories associated, but nobody owning this. Not me or mine. Just a natural part of being human. And now lastly, if this is of interest, you're welcome to continue working with your emotion or mood. But just a gentle, slight interest now to the awareness that's knowing 
your experience. And you don't have to figure it all out. Just a simple turn to notice a knowing quality that there is a kind of knowing of this emotion, a holding it, a spaciousness, a knowing it. This awareness can know the body. It knows sounds and thoughts. Very spacious. It's very connected to your experience. There's an intimacy in the knowing. So just resting a bit with that, that there's a lot of room in this awareing, this knowing mind. There's room for all of this experience, this display, this magical rainbow display. There's room. And see if there's a kind of relaxing into, you don't have to figure it out or think about it. See how it is to relax into this knowing mind that's knowing your emotion, that's knowing compassion, and also maybe knowing this wisdom of not-self. Awareness is also not you, it's not me. And just rest, see if there's a kind of resting here in the knowing mind. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. If it feels too spacious or too dissipated, you can return to your primary anchor. And when you've gained some stability again, feeling the earth beneath you, knowing you have a body right here and this heart that it feels. And then just touch in again on this knowing, this knowing mind. The knowing can know all kinds of objects, body, sounds, thoughts, and emotions. The knowing is the same. 
And this practice can kind of get confusing or too spacious, so just know when that's happening and come right back to a more uh, more object-oriented practice where you're just feeling the body, just <coughs> feeling the breath. No, you can root and anchor and ground. That doesn't change the awareness. Awareness is always here. And now just in the last few moments of the formal practice, you can let everything go. Let go of any effort whatsoever. Let yourself be very simple. Knowing that awareness will continue. That you can rest. There's nowhere to go, nobody to be, nothing to do.
Thank you for your practice. And so the instructions for today are to really do this rain. If you're interested in it, if there's emotion there, to know you have that now as your resource and tool. And I can say for myself, I spent lots of years judging rain, like, oh, that's just for beginners. But wow, is it a profound practice. And in my long retreat, it was like my go-to. So powerful. This recognizing, allowing especially. And then this interest and nurture. So use it. Use it if you're interested. And uh, you don't have to stay with emotions all day. (laughs) Again, discern whether it's too much. And use your primary anchor continuously. If you're interested in awareness, you can play. And notice if you're getting really serious, like, I gotta figure out this awareness thing. What's going on? Is it me? Is it not? Is it boundless? Is it boundary? Like, is it in the body? Is it not? We can get really kind of tight and like, wanna know about awareness. Relax, be playful, see what you can notice. If awareness is kind of your home ground, I know some of you have done a lot of awareness practice, use that as your anchor. See what happens. And then notice if it's getting too out there, come back to the body. You have a body. Awareness is in the body. (laughs) But play. Notice. What's the knowing mind? How is the knowing mind when you're with an emotion? How's the knowing mind when you're eating? How's the knowing mind when you're thinking? It's always here. You can't stop it. You actually can't do anything wrong. So see, see what you want to see about awareness. Yeah, play. And I just have this last poem I want to share. This feels like an important poem to share at the end of a retreat. I've been really uh, into Jane Hirschfield recently. Jane Hirschfield lived in a Zen monastery for many years, so you can kind of feel her practice. In her poem, she has a new collection called The Asking. And this is the poem that it's named after. This poem is called The Asking. And to me, it it kind of weaves in what we're doing here, right? It is important. It has impact. And I think we, we are still here, even kind of away from the world. We're very much in the world. And here, I think, uh, it's describing her kind of reckoning Reckoning her practice and also what it means to be alive in this moment. So counting, this was also written on New Year's morning. Uh, I think maybe just a couple years ago in the COVID time. So Jane Hirschfield, counting this New Year's morning, what powers yet remain to me? The world asks as it asks daily, and what can you make? can you do to change my deep, broken, fractured? I count this first day of another year what remains. I have a mountain, a kitchen, two hands, can admire with two eyes the mountain, actual, recalcitrant, shuffling its pebbles, sheltering foxes and beetles, can make black-eyed peas and collards, can make from last year's late ripening persimmons a pudding, can climb a stepladder, change the bulb in a track light, 
For four years, I woke each day first to the mountain, then to the question. The feet of the new sufferings followed the feet of the old, and still they surprised. I brought salt, brought oil to the question. Brought sweet tea, brought postcards and stamps for four years, each day something. Stone did not become apple. War did not become peace. Yet joy still stays joy. Sequins stay sequins. Words still bespangle, bewilder. Today I woke without answer. The day answers, unpockets a thought from a friend. Don't despair of this falling world. Not yet. Didn't it give you the asking? Don't despair of this falling world. Not yet. Didn't it give you the asking? So I think in this practice, we have to honor our asking. To honor all of the emotions that we feel. And we stay. We count the mountains and the persimmons and we stay. Thank you so much for your accompaniment and your practice on this beautiful day. And I really wish you uh, so much uh, delight and patience and goodness in your day today.